0: Hey guys, I'm Tom Walker and welcome to the third edition of Van Chats. Today I'm talking to Gareth Shantikuma, one of the most genuine and selfless people I know. He has followed his passion for helping others to the northern villages of Sri Lanka, where he works with the Om Shanti Foundation to restore the lives of families that were destroyed in the Civil War. Today we're talking about charity, um, how they help rebuild lives through micro-businesses and also taking any opportunity that comes your way. I hope you enjoy it. All right, hey Gareth. Um, first up, you doing, do you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do
1: with your life? It's too easy. Um, so for those that don't know, my name is Gareth. Um, I'm currently at UWA studying management and marketing. Um, and well, my family were originally from Sri Lanka, and I've basically grown up in Australia my whole life. Um, and what I do with my life? Well, you'd think I'd be studying, but I'm actually taking I've taken a break off uni this semester. Just to kind of slow things down a little bit, i um, working some other things. So I've currently been working with my father. He um, He's a McDonald's licensee. So I work at McDonald's like every day, basically, you know, just trying to get some money, save up a little bit. Um, and I'm also doing some management work with him there as well. Uh, but also this time I've taken off, I've also been working on um, this charity that my father started um, last year. Um, and that's something that's really kind of taken off this year and I'm loving it, you know. Yeah. yeah Alright, so do you just want to tell the listeners, the watchers, what, what's this charity about? What do you do? Too easy. So um, the charity, it's called um, Om Shanti Foundation. Um, we started this about two years ago, yep. but I was never involved. It was my dad that kind of got on board with it. Um, so basically, the charity. Um, we're based in Sri Lanka, specifically the northern villages. Um, and the reason being is because uh, for about 25 years, there was actually a civil war in Sri Lanka... Not many people know about this civil war, but um, there's there was basically conflict between two races, Sinhalese and Tamil. You know, long story. Um, but at the end of the day, it left a lot of victims behind. Um, and the reason that we're helping the northern villages of Sri Lanka is because this is where the the really the impact of the war, you know, had made its worst effects there. Um, like if you compare the south, the city, to the north, it's almost a completely different world. You know. Um, so underdeveloped no running water and it's hard to believe that like, this is one country you know what i mean um so that area in the north it was actually off bounds for like a lot of people until recently so the war ended in 2009 um and my daddy went there for the first time in i think 2015 and he saw you know he saw this um massive difference and it was almost like he was gone 30 years in the past like because he left Sri Lanka to make a better life for himself in Australia, you know, because he saw the suffering and all that in Sri Lanka. But then when he went to Jaff- uh, Jaffna and that area there, he um, he was like, whoa, nothing's changed. And he wanted to make a difference. Um, so he linked up with the lady there, who is a social worker. Um, and she's a war widow herself, because many of the husbands had passed away because they had to, to fight, you know, and all that. And because they were the losing side, there weren't many survivors. Um, so, yeah, my dad linked up with this lady, and he was like, I want to help as many families as I can, you know, like, what can I do? Um, and we thought that the best method was um, micro-businesses, you know. Yeah. So we thought, rather than giving these families money, you know that, you know that saying, uh, give a man a fish and he can eat for a day, but teach him how to fish and he can eat for a lifetime. Yeah, so um, we wanted to kind of do this um, for the communities in the north. Um, so my dad, firstly, when he went there, was um, with the help of this lady. Of course, he started just buying chickens for families, um, so that they could sell the eggs and gain another form of income. Uh, and then he moved on to cows. You know, so buy a cow, and these families can sell the milk. And move on to coconut trees. You know, buy some coconut trees, they can sell the coconut. So on and on. Um, and then only this year, I kind of got involved because I had that time off uni, and charity work was something I was always really interested in. You know. Um, since a kid, because my dad, you know, he's from Sri Lanka, and he's always taught me and my sister that we're so blessed to live here, and that we need to give back no matter what. Um, So yeah, so what better way than to work for like a family charity that we've created. Um, So yeah, I guess that the work that we do there is, um, we've kind of split into three um, different areas. So the first one is one I've been talking about, the micro business side of things. Um, so currently we've given maybe around 300 chickens to 10 families. Um, and all that has created like a profit of $60 additionally to this family per month. And $60 might not seem like a lot, but it is a lot there. Um, especially... Much with, lower standard of... Like, not, yeah, uh, what what is, lower standard yeah. of living, you know what I mean? Like So like $1 would go a big deal there, whereas yeah. like $1 here wouldn't mean much, you know? Yeah. So $60, you could, um, I guess, uh, make that equivalent to maybe like... here, you know what I mean? So that money can help them then send their kids to school or provide them with proper educational resources, you know? Um, And what's more is that through this micro-business scheme that we kind of started, it allows the mothers, because they're mainly moms, like I said, many of the fathers passed away, it allows the mothers to actually um, look after the kids and get money whilst at home. This means that they don't have to spend long hours, you know, away from home, leaving the kids to be by themselves, not getting raised properly, not getting that love and attention that they need, especially as growing children, you know. So this, yeah, this allows the mothers to create farming practices at home and get that profit. Um, So that's our first kind of um, task. The other one is we've kind of created an essentials program. So this is where we um, really help people who don't have, like, the bare necessities of life, right? So... An example, um, this older lady that we're helping, um, she actually can't even remember her own age. That's just how... You know what I mean? Because it's, it's, she, she had to change her identity when she came to this area because she was a different race. Yeah. Um, and she's been hiding under a fake name for over, like, 50 years, you know. Anyways, um, so this lady, she um, lives in a shack, literally the size of this van. I swear to God. I swear to you. Um, and so... And also, she has, like, no toilet, no water, not even like, functioning, like, water, you know what I mean? And so she has to wait. She has, like, these three, like, two-litre jugs of water that she puts at the front of her house, and the army will come along and fill it up every few days, so not even every day. So that's, like, her form of water. And So that means she can't even have a shower because she'll waste the water. She can't flush the toilet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she just can't keep clean. It's just for her to drink and to eat with. Um, It is crazy, you know? So, So just to see, and also this lady, like... She had three sons, two of them died in the war. The other one is like a war pasture. So he doesn't make much money either and he has to look after his own family. And her husband also had died just due to disease. So she lives by herself in this shack the size of your, your van. So when my dad found her, he was like, like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, she literally has nothing. So I guess we, we helped, we built her a house, one that's safe. So it actually has closed windows and bars. Because There's a lot of robberies that happen there as well, and yeah. she's told us how people have stolen some of her food, you know, her water. Um, it's crazy, right? Um, so yeah, we built a house for her, we got a bed for her. We actually, the crazy thing when I went, so I went in January for the first time, um, we bought her just a plastic chair, yeah. and it was like the first time she'd sat in the chair for over 50 years, and and like the, her face was just overjoyed, you know, she was like, oh, and, and that moment you realize you're like, wow, we're really helping people out, you know, and it feels good. Um, so the essentials program, we, we basically provide running water, um, like water motors, toilets, beds, and houses. And the final program is something that we're working on currently, and I'm going to Sri Lanka tomorrow, actually, to do some work on this, is we're trying to partner up schools in Perth with like a sister school in Sri Lanka. Yep. So at the moment, we've got on board North Beach Primary School. Yep. So they're going to start having their own fundraisings, um, like donation boxes, or we should go towards like one specific school in Sri Lanka. So through this, we can kind of um, obviously get raise money for these schools because, like I said, these schools are just, like, in the villages, you know. They don't have any resources. Even the teachers themselves aren't educated, you know. So we hope that through this we can, um, I guess, raise profits, raise money so that we can get the right resources for these teachers and for these kids. So even, like, school books, um, you know, like math books, all that kind of stuff, just to get them a little bit... More in life, you know what I mean. Um, and while while also helping these kids in Sri Lanka, we also re- hope to um, really build an awareness in the Australian community. Because mm-hmm. I feel like not many people know about the suffering or not the suffering. Not many people know about what goes on around in the rest yeah. of the world. You know, we're so just in our own world sometimes, and, and we see like a problem here. You know, we think it's something what we do. see on the mainstream media and the news. Really, it's exactly, man and and. Of course we see crisis like in Afghanistan, you know, all that kind of stuff. But not many people know about the the stuff that happened in Sri Lanka. And not only in Sri Lanka, this stuff happens all over the world, you know. So yeah, we hope to kind of, I guess, build some awareness with this school so that these kids can kind of get it instilled into their mindset that giving back is like almost like a responsibility of growing up in such a blessed country, if you know what I mean. See, that's like our three initiatives, you know, um, with the charity that we've done so far. We've only helped 10 families at the most because we're still trying to raise some funds um, because all the funding's kind of just come through our own pockets, you know what I mean? That's why I got on board this year to kind of spread it around my, my community so we can get some funds going so that we can do bigger things. Um,
0: how would the hold. average listener um, be able to help you
1: out right now? Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, at the moment, the only, the, the main way that listeners can help out will be through funds. So we've established a, a website recently, we launched it out like two weeks ago. Um, so if you can, I think Tom will have the, the website I'll, I'll link the later, link below, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, you can just donate there and there's some information on like how much your money actually means. And, yeah. and something that we stress is that we are 100% transparent so every single dollar that you guys donate will go straight towards them. So like none of us are getting paid for it, you know, it's all voluntary on our behalf. Um, also, later in the year, we're thinking of having um, like a charity cocktail kind of event. Um, and we'd love to get some volunteers to help us set it up, you know, um, maybe like food, decorations, entertainment even. Um, and we really want to kind of... I guess that will be like our launch in terms of the personal launch so people kind of come meet us and see what we're doing um, and they can learn about the statistics, what's going yeah. on. Because you're like, what I really want to do is build like a community around the Om Shanti Foundation. Um, so we don't want to just be like some... I guess like some big kind of like a charity that just donates, you know, normally knows where their money's going. Some we we want most
0: faceless, some, most of these big organisations yeah. you see. It's the small stuff which is actually making a difference. And exactly. I'm not saying these big charities aren't making yeah, a course, it's got like, They make a huge difference, but it's small, yeah, much more transparent than yeah. some of those yeah. bigger organisations you see where every dollar goes and how yeah. everything's all into yeah. helping.
1: Yeah, so like, we want to we want to build a connection and and the value that we want to give to to people who donate is yeah. that value of I did make a difference in someone's yeah. life. You know what I mean? Yeah
0: yeah so how difficult was your decision to defer from uni to follow your passion
1: too easy um I wouldn't say it was too difficult, but um I guess it was against the norm you know what I mean yeah. um I went to like i i guess growing up here you know there's the very there's like culture of you need to grow up, go to uni get a job um and then that's it you know you can't adventure out you know do something kind of crazy, even like what you're doing you know, people might think that's crazy, you know what i mean um but yeah, I had, I basically had like a pretty difficult kind of last six months of two thousand seventeen, and towards the end of it, I had like a like a quarter life crisis almost, you know. I don't want to say that, but I kind of came to this realization where when I like I enjoyed what I studied, you know. But it was kind of like, what am I doing with this? You know what I mean? Like, am am I just doing this because everyone else is doing it, and am i just doing it to get the degree? You know. 'Cause I saw all my other friends kind of applying for corporate internships, you know. Yeah. Studying till like five AM. But they just weren't happy and, and it's almost like they were just doing it for that security. Yeah. But they weren't really, I guess, following their dream. And so you're doing your parents' dream almost at times. Exactly, exactly. And so that was expectations. That, and yeah, and that was part of I guess the suffering that I was going through because I was very much in line to um, take over my dad's McDonalds business and kind of stick solely to that. But I wanted to do so many other things, you know, I wanted to do charity work, you know, I wanted to help people, like, through workshops and coaching and stuff like that. So I had this kind of crisis where I was like, what's the rush, you know, I'm still, oh, I'm only 20, you know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> everyone's just in such a rush to to be miserable almost, you know what I mean? <laughs> you got the rest of your life to work 10 hour days exactly. for making someone yeah. else rich. Like- yeah. yeah, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take a break of uni, kind of chill out a little bit. Yeah and really discover what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I kind of have discovered that, you know, during this time off. But at the same time, I've still been flat out busy. You know, I thought I'd have a chill time, but I've been working, you know, I've been doing this charity stuff. and But it's, it's definitely been the best six months of my life, I'd say. Yeah. Like, I've learned so much about myself as a person, you know, um, and it's stuff that you couldn't really do with, I guess, that distraction of uni there. Because, like, I'm, I'm someone who just would do, like, work, work, work without really, like, taking a pause. Yeah just for the sake of it, you know, and that's what I did during uni. I never had that moment to kind of sit back and question myself, you know. It was only during the holidays where I was like, hmm, you know, like what do I actually want to do? Yeah. Um, yeah man, I haven't looked back since. No. Yeah. You know? That's good. For sure. What's your advice for people
0: who are kind of unsure right now if they're at uni and yeah. regretting yeah. what they're doing or just yeah, not man. sure
1: about anything? What what's your advice there? I think I think first it's important to to finish, I guess like if you wanted to do something like there's no harm in finishing it. Of if it's like one more year left, two years after uni, like just just stick through it. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's more like a self-achievement. But I feel that a lot of people are kind of stuck. Um, they don't know what they want to do. Um, and my advice would be, and I can't really. I guess I'm not the guru in this you know, kind of stuff, but I would say the best thing to do is literally, even if you're studying, like you don't know have to drop out, but literally just do as much as you can. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that much free time. You got that much free time, and I feel like a lot of us say that we don't have time but then you look at them and they're spending half the time scrolling on Facebook and Instagram yeah. you know what I mean if you just don't do that sitting at it, night no, spending three hours on Netflix literally right it's
0: like, oh it's after nine o'clock yeah. but like there's so much more I know man
1: and, and even like waking up like if you just wake up like an hour before, earlier than you normally yeah. do you can fit so much in that hour you know what I mean um, so yeah like even something that I want to do is I want to make sure that I experience as much as I can so that I don't have any regrets you know I don't want to look back on my life And be like, damn, I wish I tried that, you know, just to see how it goes. And even if it didn't go well, I could be like, at least I tried, you know what I mean? Um, And it's crazy, like something, it's kind of stupid, but like a small part of me, like for the last six months, was like, I kind of want to join the police yeah um and so i looked on the way and like it's crazy right it's nothing to do with charity nothing to do with um you know like mcdonald's anything like that but i was like all right, let's just look into it so i looked into it and one of the requirements was i need a manual license right yeah. but i've only got my auto so i was like you know what i'm gonna just do my manual license yeah. during this time and i've been doing that because yeah. just in case when i finish my degree and i still want to try that like that, that ambition is there I-, I can do it you know what i mean so i'm kind of just preparing myself for all opportunities that can come Um, And something also that I've learned, and that is an advice as well, I think it's kind of to always say yes when you know something is in your alignment with what you want to do. Like, a lot of people will say yes to, like, parties or, um, you know, catching up with friends, but at the same time, these don't really provide value for you. You know what I mean? It's kind of the same thing. And at the end of the day, it's your time. Like, your time is your most valuable resource, and if you're spending it doing things that you don't feel aligned with your goals and your vision for your future, like... What's the point? You know what I mean? So You just never know where the opportunity can arise. Exactly. That's why I talked about it with Clay
0: and Gemma last few weeks. Yeah. Is in the last two weeks, if you see the other podcasts, is we talked about how one opportunity can lead to another and you never know what will be your foot in the door to exactly. another opportunity. That's crazy. With Gemma just saying she was at a festival yeah. talking to someone, they turned out to be a marketing manager and wow. she got her best-paying gig over east she and met so many new people. Emma. So you never yeah. know where that goes. opportunity can come from yeah. if you're not constantly just saying yes and exactly
1: and I've got an example of that um, it's like my friend um, she's actually I won't say her name or anything but she's she's studying medicine right yeah. um, and she like she kind of did it only because like her parents wanted to do it and it's what smart people would do you know what yeah. I mean but then she kind of realised like this just really what I'm passionate about you know and yeah. She she's more interested in kind of environmental economics and making a change in the world and so um, there's this group at UWA called Bloom they're yeah. basically like an entrepreneurship startup um comp- group and they help Uh, young kids, you know, to make their dreams come true. So they had this pitch night and you know what a pitch night is, where people go up and present an idea. So that that friend who's studying medicine, she was like, oh, you want to like come to this? Because I feel like you'd be interested. And I was like, all right, never heard of it. And I'll just come through. I said, yes. Um, So I went to that pitch night and we watched two guys give their pitch on what they want to do, you know, with their future. Like one was an IT company, one was like a charity as well. And I said, it's pretty interesting stuff. And then during the break. Um, the the guy who was running the event was like, okay, we've got we've got time for just anyone. If you've got any ideas, just come up and have like a rapid fire pitch. You know, one minute, say an idea. And I was like, like my, the old me would have been like, oh no, I'm not going to talk about the charity. Don't put know? Out exactly, there, but then- yeah. But then literally without even thinking about it, I was just like, put my hand up. And and I went up and I went up with like seven other people. Um, and they all kind of talked about an idea. Some of them were fake because they just wanted because the prize was like fifty dollars. But I, I talked about the charity. And like I ended up winning that little rapid fire And I was like wow You know like just from That's going to this thing And then what was more like crazy that Was that people started talking to me They were messaging me They are like oh we really want to help out And then I got invited to do like an actual pitch At the next pitch night That's awesome. and So I did that with three others And they were all kind of not for profits this time And I was going I was so nervous man The first time I'd been nervous giving a speech Because all them had like proper business models You know they had like um, traction All these kind of statistics Whereas like I'm just, I just want to help people in Sri Lanka You know what I mean but then at the end of the day, I won that one as well, and I was like, "Wow, man! Like, That's I'm just sick. getting these connections." And then after that, Bloom hooked me up with like some workshops so we can learn to kind of get get it rolling. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I've I've also made like I guess lifelong kind of friends through that who can help me and have the same vision. So yeah, just saying yes, you know, or whatever it is. So yeah, man, just trying trying as many things as you can, and making sure that what you do try. Um, Like, alliance with what you want to do, you know what I mean? Like, so you can do many things, but I feel like if they all kind of point towards the same direction, then you're doing it right, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a waste of time at the end of the day. So, yeah, that's my advice, yeah. (laughs) What's next on the agenda? Where do you see all this in five to ten years? Yeah, man, Um, so with the charity, I definitely... So our vision is to kind of create a, a sustainable model that can kind of be taken to other parts of the world. That can allow communities to become self-sustaining, um, and that can help each other out. So, like, I guess the northern villages of Sri Lanka are kind of like, our, like, our testing kind of grounds. You know, we want to see how yeah. successful it is, how to um, get people to live by themselves without needing constant help. You know, because yeah. like, we don't want to be there baby feeding them, always giving them resources and money and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So yeah, that's our vision for the charity: is to kind of have like a model that can be taken across the world. But with that, um, something that I really want to do as well is kind of establish more of an educational basis around um, Om Shanti Foundation. So even like providing or like building a proper functioning school, you know, where kids can come, have proper education, proper curriculum, and even a place where they can stay. Like if they don't have a proper home, they don't yeah. feel safe at home. So that's something I would love to do, five to ten years. Um, we're starting small, you know, but I believe that we'll get there 100%. Yeah. And in terms of me, five to ten years, man, I just want to make sure that I've, I'm taking every opportunity that I get, you know. Yeah. I, I don't even want to, I guess, say I, I'll have, like, a specific way of life in ten years. You know, I might still be, like, trying... You never know where exactly. you're Exactly. As long as I have enough, I guess, I'm earning enough money to live a, a good way of life, you know, yeah. um, then I can inspire others and, and, and most importantly inspire myself, you know what I mean? I feel like at the end of the day, you've got to follow your heart and do what makes you happy. Um, and there shouldn't be a timeline for that. You know? yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Liz. No, Thanks for man. taking your time to come 100%. on and speak to everyone today. Really yeah, I'm, appreciate it. I'm so it. glad that you asked me, literally, you know. Like, what, even what you're doing is, is crazy. You know, not many people would do something like interviewing people and, you know, trying to provide genuine value I to the community. You know? I just
0: want people to feel inspired. That's yeah, man. Thanks very much for listening. As usual, I hope this is just the start of the conversation. If you've got any questions for Gareth or the Om Shanti Foundation, you'll find um, all their social media or website links below to get in touch. Um, If you've got any questions for me, feel free to message me on Instagram. Um, I'm Tom Walker. Thanks for listening.